The WISports.net podcast is brought to you by the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. Help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving. Every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Welcome into another edition of the WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at WISports.net and your host for the WSN podcast. It's been a little while since we connected, since we had a, a, a podcast episode. Uh, was on vacation last week and uh, did not uh, did not do a, a podcast last week. The last time that we, uh, that we visited had a great conversation with WSN founder Nicholas Cartos, who's going into the WBCA Hall of Fame this year. A little bit of a uh, an oral history, a, a breakdown of of uh, WSN, how it got started, uh, how it got to where we are today. Um, but moving into what we have going on right now, big time of the year in high school athletics as the winter sports seasons are coming to a close. Most of the winter sports are into their postseason, uh, although a little bit of a delay as we had some weather move across the state earlier this week that forced the postponement of, uh, of most of the action from Tuesday night. But tonight, Wednesday, really uh, get underway with the girls' basketball playoffs. And to bring in our uh, guest to talk about the girls' basketball playoffs, we'll bring in Norbert Durst, our girls' basketball writer and content manager at, at uh, WSN. Norb, a little bit of a delay, as I said, but here we are. We're getting going at least. And it's good to be underway in the uh, in the playoffs. Uh, although we did have, as as we were just talking about offline, a little bit of action on Monday night, which we don't usually see. But some teams took advantage of moving things up. So we're into the playoffs. It's got to feel good to get to this point. Oh, definitely. No, this is what everybody prepares for, and now it's time to to show what you've been working on all season and try to take home that gold ball. Well, today on the WSN podcast with Norbert, we will preview the girls' basketball playoffs. We'll take a look at each division, uh, talk about some of the favorites, some of the contenders, some of the sleepers, some of the teams and players to watch as we head into the uh, girls' basketball postseason. But just as a reminder, uh, Norb, I'm sure, like like all of us, you're looking forward to getting back to a much more normal postseason run this year. There were so many changes last year uh, from the way they grouped the teams to, you know, reseeding after what was it after the regional level, they reseeded the sectional level. Um, teams were in kind of smaller pods at the regional level. Of course, the state tournament was at two different locations at Menominee Nation Arena in Oshkosh and the Lacrosse Center. So we're back to a more regular tournament. And this year, first time ever that the WIA seeded the postseason using computer seeding. And we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, a little bit later, but we're looking forward to getting back to normal and, and all the things that brings, including a great tournament at the Rush Center. Yeah, definitely, because, you know, as you mentioned, you know, some of those groupings last year uh, with, you know, a lot of teams opting out due to COVID were very difficult. And, not, you know, honestly, some of those regional games were, were even better than some of the sectional games. And now back to, you know, more normalcy as far as the tournament goes is good for the team and, you know, good for the state. You know, you get more opportunity to go out and watch good games, especially later in the postseason. Well, one of the things, as I mentioned, that is new and different this year is that computer seating. There was a lot of angst. There was a lot of anticipation 
uh, of what that would mean, what it would do, how it would be different than maybe what uh, coaches have done in the past. I, I know that there was some uh, some things that people looked at and said it it, it that wasn't right, it didn't look right. Um, but overall, what were your impressions of the first year of computer seating for the WIAA? You know, overall, I think it was fine. You know, there's going to be some some uh, um, you know even when you're doing the coaches seating some teams in spots that may be a question, but you know, with the computer seating, obviously there's going to be some hiccups, especially in the first year, um, you know, with forfeits, not, you know, factoring into things. And, and also uh, I think most notably was, well, with, with the forfeits factoring in, you got to mention Madison LaFollette, a team that has won their last 12 games, um, getting a 10 seed in division one, um, but you know, when, when you have to forfeit games, you know, those turn to L's and that's, that's kind of what happens. So it makes a tough, uh, tough spot for them and maybe a little bit different grouping in regional play. But I think overall, just in that sectional four, um, I, it, it appeared that the, the teams that played non WIA schools were, um, getting very high seeds, seeds much higher than they ever would with coaches seeding. But with those teams, I'm guessing that you're, you're talking about, all those teams are basically based on being 500 as out-of-state teams are, which caused those teams to be pushed up farther than they would have been with coaches seeding. And, and we'll dig into it a little bit more at some point. I don't know when or, or how. Maybe we'll we'll get uh, Kate Peterson-Abiad from the WIAA on to talk about it um, at some point this year. But you're right. There was some, some issues with non-WIAA teams. And uh, as you know, and as I've mentioned several times here on the podcast, I was involved in the, the creation of the, the formula for computer seating, uh, working with the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association uh, to kind of follow up the work I had done with the WFCA on the football computer seating. Um, we had talked about how to handle out-of-state teams, but one of the things that we hadn't spent a great deal of time on that they might have to review is those non-WIAA teams in-state. Uh, because if you play you know, a really weak homeschool association or non-WI program, um, it's it's not it's it's not factoring in the way that I think people feel it should right now. And and that did throw some things off, as you said, in some of those Milwaukee area sectionals, especially at in uh, you know, division four, division five, there were some teams that um, you know got some seeds that again you look at and and you, you it doesn't seem like they should have been seated that high. Now, one of the things I did notice, and I mentioned this on Twitter the other day, Norb, and I'm interested in your take on it. It seemed to me that for the most part, other than maybe you know those those issues down in the Milwaukee area with uh, non-WI schools and, and how that impacted things, if you looked at a, a, a team and you know felt that they did not get the correct seed, it was usually the team seated you know, towards the bottom, 10 and, and under. Right. Certainly you could make some quibbles with, you know, the ones and twos or twos and threes here or there, but it seemed like at the top, it, it did a little bit better than at the bottom. Yeah, I would agree with that 100% because, you know, I'd say when you're looking at most of those those seeds, you know, they're not, you know, there might be a four that, you know, could have had an argument for a two, you know, on certain divisions, maybe Wrightstown in, in division three, um, but, uh, you know, for the most part, the top of the, the seeds, I think, were pretty true. You know, you mentioned some of those 
those bottom seeds and with, uh, you know, head to head, not factoring in, you know, some of those were, were flipped where maybe if a head to head's in there, maybe that, you know, like, a I believe it's a cut of hate and Whitnall was one of those questions where a team had beat another team by, I think twice by maybe 50 or more points both times. But, you know, that's bottom, bottom seeds. And quite honestly, it's just, those aren't teams that are going to go that far into the postseason anyway. So, um, I think that's just part of what what's going to happen, especially in the first year of the seeding. And that that's not to say that the bottom doesn't matter, and that you shouldn't try to get it as right as you can. Uh, certainly, we're not we're not saying that. But um, you know, I, I think if you if you get the top right and and can work from there, uh, I think that's a, a good start. You mentioned the Cudahy example. Uh, I know some people had had mentioned that one. Quite honestly, I don't know how that happened. We have not received and, and it's not public and that's another part of the consternation that people have the exact formula the exact you know number assigned to every team so I don't know where Cudahy would have you know gotten such a high number if it was their opponent's winning percentage or their opponent's opponent's winning percentage if it was thrown off by their defeated opponent's record I, I don't know how that happened it certainly didn't it's one of those that you look at and, and it wasn't the way it should be, but uh, you know, we'll we'll see what kind of tweaks the WI is able to make. I think they they probably will have to look at the non WIAA teams and how that has impacted a few things here and there. And uh, I, listen, we we talked about this a ton in in the committee that we had with uh, um, putting this together about head to head. And I, I know that there's a lot of people that want that to be in there. It's really hard to do in a formula um, when you're comparing, you're, you're trying to seed 16 teams. If you're just looking at head to head for two teams, uh, you know, that, that becomes very difficult when not everybody right. has played each other. Uh, now, one of the things that, that was done to try to address that was to look at your record versus teams in your grouping. Um, but again, you know, we'll we'll see what kind of tweaks or or things that the WI comes up with to uh, to try to address anything. If if they do, uh, they'll digest all the data, they'll digest all the feedback, and and take a look at things and, and go from there. But um, you know, one of the goals, and we've talked about this before too. One of the goals with the computer seating was to try to get it as close as possible to what the coaches might do, uh, but take away all of the the negatives that come with right. having to do coaches seating, whether it's the time investment of coaches having to go to a seed meeting, whether it's um, you know coaches feeling like they were ganged up on, whether it's coaches, uh, quite honestly, manipulating the system in the voting to try to get certain matchups or, or more often avoid certain matchups. Uh, we knew that we know that took place you know frequently, unfortunately. Um, you know, to to eliminate situations where if if I'm the only team from my conference in this grouping, I know I'm not going to get seated how I probably should. Whether it's explicit or implicit bias from the other teams that have a, a better familiarity with, um, you know, with the rest of the schools, whatever. It, it was a big part of this whole process was to try to eliminate all of those negative feelings and, and being mad at a coach that I should be, you know, a, a colleague with. Um, so now they're mad at a formula or more specifically mad at me, uh, because, <laughs> because I was on the committee. Mad at 
Yeah, got to be mad at somebody, but at least it's, you know, for the most part, it's more of an inanimate object in a computer as opposed to other coaches that you feel screwed you over. So, but again, we'll dive into this a little bit more. We'll also talk with Mark about the seating for the boys. I think it was a lot of the similar situations and issues, non-WIA teams coming into play head to head, um, and, and then some outliers and anomalies. Uh, but, uh, we'll dive into it a little bit more and, and we'll try to, uh, you know, maybe put together some of the, the more glaring examples and, and I'm sure the WIA will too, and look at it and go from there. But let's get into the fun part of, of this, uh, of this discussion and, and of this time of the year. And that is talking about the outstanding teams, the outstanding players that are going to make some noise in the WIAA postseason. We will, as we said, run through each division and give kind of a, a high level take on each division. Norble will talk about some of his favorites, some of the other teams to keep an eye on, and uh, and, and we'll kind of go from there. So let's start uh, in Division One, simply because it's the, the first one. Um, but uh, Division One, uh, last year, as we look back at, uh, at last year's state tournament, um, Last year, Germantown won a state championship. They defeated Verona in the semifinals and then Hudson in the championship game. KK Arnold is back, but they have not been that top team in Division One this year. It's kind of been some of those FBA schools battling back and forth for a large extent. And Hortonville has been the number one team. Uh, I, I don't know how many weeks it is in a row now. But as we look at Division One, Norb, take us through some of the favorites to watch. Uh, and, and we'll start there. Favorites in Division One. Yeah, um, well, we've got to start right with Hortonville. Um, I think they're the, the favorite overall in Division One. Um, just one loss on the season. That loss was to defending Division Two state champion Notre Dame. Um, you know, again, they play in that very strong FBA where there's, you know, five, six teams that are capable of beating each other throughout the season. Um, so that, that one's going to be um, – but, you know, their road still isn't – isn't that uh, that easy necessarily because they'll have to have a potential game against Appleton East. They also in that same sectional is uh, is Nina led by Ali Zabel, who's leading the state in scoring as a sophomore. And, you know, she's just been uh, a phenomenal player this season. And, you know, she has a chance to maybe, you know, lead that team to state, um, you know, going into that sectional two. Um, you talk about Germantown, the defending Division One state champions. I do think they're the favorite there. Uh, they started a little bit slow, but they did, you know, they did play some very good teams to start the season, and they lost a lot of players off last year's team. So that that resulted in maybe, um, you know, some early season losses, including a blowout loss to Hortonville. But I would say if those teams matched up again, that'd be a much closer contest as, you know, some of those younger players on the Germantown team are much more experienced now. But, you know, in, in that sectional, uh, a one to watch is Kakana because the Kakana, they're in the FBA. They got a five seed, but, uh, you know, they played some good teams um, throughout the year and uh, do have a win over, I believe it was Nina they knocked off. So, you know, they do have that notable win along with playing in a tough league. Uh, moving on to sectional three, this one is probably the deepest in all the sectionals, arguably, um, with, uh, you know, the big eight teams as, long, as well as uh, Greater Metro, uh, Brookfield East, and Classic Eight School, Arrowhead. So this one, uh, this one's a juggernaut. Uh, when you and when you add in Madison LaFollet, who you know, as we mentioned before, um, got that 10 seed and could play uh, Arrowhead in a in a regional final game, and you know that's not even mentioning Sun Prairie and Verona, who were the the co-champions of the Big Eight due to those 
to those forfeit losses by uh, Madison LaFollette. So this one's going to be a grinder of a sectional. Um, I do have uh, Arrowhead coming out of it, but uh, you know I think that one can go a number of different ways. Uh, in sectional four, uh, Kettle Moraine, who has been ranked among the top teams all season long, uh, ranked number two in the final coaches poll. Um, this one is probably um, the weakest of the four sectionals. Um, but, uh, you know, the number two seed in Oak Creek, while, you know, a 17-7 and seven record might not be that, that great, you know, they're a team that knows how to win games great defensively. So, you know, I would expect still some battles there. And, you know, a Janesville-Craig team in there that uh, uh, finished uh, third, I believe, in the, the Big Eight. And, you know, they got some really good athletes on that team. And, you know, they could make a run as well. Division one, just looking at the rankings, looking at uh, listening to the teams that you talked about, very heavy on Fox Valley area teams, whether it's the FBA teams from you know Hortonville, Appleton East, Nina, DePere in there from the FRCC, and then heavy on those suburban Milwaukee teams, teams from the Classic Eight, the Greater Metro, North Shore. Um, you know the Big Eight's got some some good teams in La Follette, Verona, and uh, uh, Sun Prairie, but. It, it kind of seems like right now the the power in girls basketball is is nestled in suburban Milwaukee and the Fox Valley area. We we didn't I don't think we heard you mention a single team, you know, west of Madison or or west of uh, Green Bay, any of those WVC Big River schools. Um, it just kind of seems like that's the way things have gone the last few years. Yeah, it has, uh, and that's where the power is at. You know the. The Fox Valley is is very strong recently, and you mentioned the Metro Milwaukee area, a lot of good teams, and that's that's where that's where the big big players are, the big teams are right now. And you know the the Big Eight uh, certainly has some of that, but I think the power still is is nestled in the Milwaukee area in the Fox Valley currently. All right, well let's uh, go to Division Two, where you have. Uh, Two teams at the top that have been basically at the top all year. Defending champion Notre Dame, who's actually ranked second and has been ranked second uh, a good part of the season after suffering an early loss. And then the unbeaten, top-ranked Reedsburg Beavers, last year's runner-up to uh, Notre Dame. Uh, so Division Two, you know, we've got those two top teams from last year at the top, but some pretty good depth as well. What are we looking at in Division Two? Yeah, that one, the, I'm looking forward to those teams hopefully meeting in the, in the Division II state championship game. But, you know, that that's still a long way away. But uh, let's talk about some of the other teams that, that can make a run and, and get to the state tournament. Uh, let's uh, start with sectional one. That one, uh, you know, this one has been ruled uh, uh, for the most part by Hortonville the last, uh, what, it's five, six years. Last year, obviously, Hortonville was moved up to Division One and now are a Division One team this season. Um, so the, it opens the door for a lot of other teams to have a chance to get to the state tournament. Uh, Mosinee, uh, they started off the season very strong. I believe they won their first 22 games to start the season. Uh, they did lose one game, that one to uh, Wisconsin Rapids. And they followed that one up with a big win over previous unbeaten uh, freedom. So that showed that it wasn't just uh, one fluke one. But, uh, you know, the road's still pretty tough for them because you play teams like Rice Lake, um, Menominee, uh, you know, they could play uh, Lakeland again, who they beat twice in the regular season. But as we know, it's very difficult to beat a, three, a team three times in a year, um, you know, even if some of those wins were by, you know, say 10 points or so. Um, but that one is very interesting sectional for me. I, believe, I have uh, Menominee coming out of that one. 
But as mentioned, that one's going to be be uh, wide open as far as heading into the, the uh, tournament. In sectional two, that one has has Notre Dame, who has has been strong, as mentioned. Um, you know, the defending division two state champions. They did lose some players off last year's team, but you know, early season loss to Appleton East. But you know, they haven't lost a game since, and and that includes uh, beating Hortonville. So you know, they're a battle-tested team. They also had a win over Kettle Moraine. Um, you know, they're a team that defends so well that when you get down to the end of a game, um, it, it's difficult for teams like, uh, say, uh, Wapon, who went up to Notre Dame, played them strong. But, you know, Notre Dame just brings that constant pressure. And, it, and it's difficult, especially towards the end of a game, even with a lead. Um, but Beaver Dam's in that sectional. Uh, I look for those two teams to play in a sectional final. But, uh, you know, the way Notre Dame's playing and maybe uh, uh, while – Beaver Dam hasn't lost that many games. The guard play at times maybe could be a problem, especially in that game. Um, so that that one's uh, definitely, um, for me, picking uh, Notre Dame is a pretty easy one, to be honest. Uh, moving to sectional three, that's where we have unbeaten Reedsburg. Um, they're, they're the clear favorite in, in sectional three. Um, you know, uh, I, I think for the most part, um, not on their half of the section, I think they could skate through fairly easy. On the other half has Union Grove and Waukesha West. Union Grove beat Waukesha West early in the season, but I do think Waukesha West playing in that stronger classic eight gets to the sectional final. And, you know, that could be a really good sectional final between Reesburg and Waukesha West um, just because of all, all those uh, battle-tested games that Waukesha West has, has played this season. Um, moving on to uh, sectional number four, this one's always a tough one. Uh, sectional four has got the, the Woodland West teams and some of those Woodland East teams are, are trying to make a little bit of noise. Greenfield, um, just a couple weeks ago, uh, last week, I believe it was, uh, played Pewaukee very tough. Um, I do have Pewaukee in the, as a favorite in that sectional, but, you know, Pius split with them and, you know, Pius has a lot easier road to get to a sectional final. Uh, but I think in the end, the guard play Pewaukee is going to get past Pius in that potential um, sectional final contest. Yeah, it was interesting hearing you talk about uh, d that sectional one, where, as you said, Hortonville had uh, come out of there a number of times recently. It, it, it seems like that's one where uh, we have seen some teams with you know less than perfect records come out of there because of the strength of their conference. And you talked about Mozani having just one loss and, and has looked good at times, but you just wonder about that strength of schedule overall. And you know, a, a team like a Rice Lake, as you said, coming out of a bigger league or Menominee or even a New London on Alaska, you know, two teams that have, have made a number of postseason runs and state tournament appearances over the years. Um, it just seems like that might be one where it's uh, open for somebody to uh, to kind of, you know, come out of that grouping and not be a one or a two seed. Oh, definitely. You know, there's a uh... Few years ago, I believe it was uh, River Falls. You know, they probably had you know 15 and at the state tournament they were like 15 and 10 or something like that. So that just shows that you know when you play up and you get moved down for the for the tournament, you know you can have a not so great record and, and make a run and maybe get to the state tournament. And I think on Alaska is a team that could do that. I mean, you know they have 11 losses, but you know they've been playing a lot better basketball as of late. And, you know, if you're playing your good basketball and you know how to win big games, I mean, that's that's how you get to the state tournament. Well, let's uh, preview a game that uh, you, you teased and that I think a lot of people would really be anticipating. And that is a potential 
potential, we'll emphasize it many, many times, uh, potential state championship game between Notre Dame and Reedsburg, which would be a rematch of last year. Notre Dame won that one. Um, in your predictions, in your picks, uh, you took Notre Dame over Reedsburg, and I don't know if your sister will let you back in Reedsburg now, but um, what, what... Or anyone from Reedsburg. Anybody from Reedsburg, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, what, what would Reedsburg need to do differently this time around, as opposed to last year when they lost by, I don't know if it was 12 or 14 points, something like that. Is it, they're just, some of those young kids are a year older, more mature, you know, what, what would be the key to, to get a Reedsburg victory there? You know, it's, it's handling that press. Uh, you know, I do think that they, they're very capable of doing that. Uh, but I think that's the big thing, you know, maybe not get sped up too much as well. I know Reedsburg can play fast, but um, you know, I think the athletes that Notre Dame has, um, especially up top of the guard and maybe wing spots are a little bit, little uh, a hair better than some of the Reesburg kids. But I mean, you're, you are splitting hairs when you're talking about that and, you know, just hitting enough shots. I mean, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, also in that could be just officiating, you know, how depends how they, they call the game. And, you know, if Reesburg's a very physical team, so if they allow that, I mean, not that Notre Dame isn't either, but I think the physicality of Reedsburg's maybe a, um, and the strength of the team uh, physically is a little bit better than Notre Dame. So if they're allowed to play uh, physical, um, you know, I think I could, you know, see definitely see Reedsburg winning that game. And and as, you, as you're talking about this one, this one is I think you're you're splitting hairs to the finest when you're talking about this championship game. And you know, part of it also is you know I was looking a little bit, and it's tough to go uh, finish the year undefeated. Um, you know, it's uh, three teams lost to the state tournament last season that were undefeated heading into it. Um, and uh, since 2018, six teams have, have went have been uh, unbeaten at the state tournament and and fell. And the only two teams, Aquinas and Blackhawk, have completed unbeaten seasons. Now, Beaver Dam did it uh, in 2017 in Division Two, But when you're talking about the upper divisions, it's really difficult to finish a year unbeaten. And the other thing that could come into play is Reedsburg really has not been challenged very much this year. They've right. got one game, as I look over their schedule, one game decided by less than like 12 points. That was a nine-point win over Germantown. Correct. And, you know, yeah, that, that's also part of what comes into play for me. I feel like Notre Dame is a much more battle-tested team, whereas Reedsburg, you know, that's a nice win over Germantown, but I would have liked to see them play a couple other uh, more challenging opponents throughout the season. All right. Well, we'll see how that plays out in Division Two. Again, a lot of people anticipating a potential Notre Dame-Reedsburg rematch in the championship game in Division Two. Let's turn our attention to Division Three. Last year in Division Three at Menominee Nation Arena, Lake Mills uh, ended up beating Aquinas in the Division Three state championship uh, game. Uh, Aquinas was one of those teams that kind of moved divisions from where they traditionally would have been when all the shuffling was done because of teams that dropped out. But that was a, a pretty decent upset, I think. But uh, Lake Mills, not necessarily in the mix this year, and Aquinas dropping back down to Division Three, or excuse me, to Divi Division Four. So we're going to have some new faces at the top of Division Three. Who are some of those teams, and, and what are we looking at in Division Three? Yeah, we'll start with uh, sectional one as we have the other divisions. Uh, this one's a pretty wide open division, I think. And, and when you're talking about uh, this division, uh, you know, West Salem has been ranked the majority of the year, maybe all of the year, uh, 
ranked in the top uh, six, I believe, currently. Um, you know, they have played some good teams, and I think that's going to benefit them down the road. And that's that's where I'm going to uh, take them in that sectional one. Just, you know, they played a pretty good schedule and, and beat the teams that I felt like they should be beating throughout the year. Um, moving on to sectional two, this one's, this one's got Freedom, who was unbeaten through uh, 22 or 23 games before falling to Mosinee. Um, they got the top spot in the last coaches poll, the last two coaches polls of the year. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they played a pretty good schedule as well um, with the likes of, uh, you know, beating up Brilliant, who's also a number one seed. I believe they beat Brilliant by 30 points to start the season. Um, other notables there, I mean, Wrightstown, while they, they don't, um, you know, they haven't really been ranked, they haven't been ranked maybe since the start of the season. They did deal with some injuries, including to uh, Leah Lemke, their point guard, but she is back. And they're looking to make a run. Their issue is they're a four seed, and they will have to go up against Freedom relatively quickly um, in that regional final game, which makes it a little more challenging. But uh, I do have Freedom coming out of there. I feel like they're they're uh, a deep team that that uh, could you know possibly get that state title. And moving to sectional three, this one's a sectional that uh, that usually brings the the division three state champion. Um, many the last number of years this is where uh, the state uh, state championship team has come from um Wapon, who started the year i believe they won their first 20 or so games um lost to notre dame at notre dame in overtime they lost to kml uh, kettle moraine lutheran they were without one of their top players kale peterson in that game so that factored in and they had an overtime loss to verona so there's been some um, against the better teams, maybe some challenges finishing games because they, they were leading, I believe, in both of those contests is late. But Lapon, I think that's why they played those games. They want to get battle tested for the postseason. And, you know, I do think they're the best team, not just in sectional three, but in division three as a whole, uh, led by Abby Alsma um, and Kale Peterson, as mentioned. So, um, you know, that's a very strong team that's going to be a tough out in the postseason. Uh, moving to sectional four, this one's the, the sectional that. You know, it's pretty wide open as well, like sectional one. Um, Catamaran Lutheran, as I mentioned, they, they got a one seed. Lake Mills got a one seed. Um, but, you know, it's Martin Luther um, doesn't have a, a great record, as, as good of a record maybe as some other teams, uh, seven losses. But they play good teams um, throughout the season, never afraid to play a challenging opponent. Uh, other teams that maybe could make a run, Milwaukee School of Languages, although the Milwaukee City Conference this year wasn't quite as strong as it has been in the past. Um, also, Catholic Memorial, they're a team that, you know, they started the season pretty well. They play in the Classic 8, eight drop down to Division Three for the postseason. They went through some turmoil recently, you know, with uh, that whole coach, coaching staff resigning. And uh, that all that news still is kind of uh, sitting out there. And it really just hasn't all came out about what's going on there. But you hope that they can uh, shore that up and have a, a good finish to the season because they're a very talented team. Um, but uh, it, it's that one is probably the like I said in like in sectional one the toss up when you're when you're talking about who's going to come out of it and I just think that you know a team that's been challenged the most in Martin Luther that's who I got coming out um, so it should be interesting when you're when you we uh, finally see these teams match up. All right, Division three uh, again a number of teams that could uh, could come out of there. Norbus saying Wapan is his favorite. In Division Three, and, and by the way, if you want to check out all of Norb's predictions, uh, he predicts the sectional final uh, participants and who will win those games, who will get to the state semifinals, 
who will win the state championship in each division. You can check out his breakdowns of each division in depth on WSN. Uh, does require a WSN Extra subscription, best value in uh, in just about anything that, that you'll find out there. Uh, and of course, Mark Miller is also working on his tournament breakdowns for boys basketball as we gear up for the start of the boys postseason uh, coming up next week. So, Norm, uh, Division 1, 2, and 3 in the books. Um, you know, we'll turn our attention to Division uh, 4 and 5 in just a minute, but we do want to uh, take a minute to remind everybody out there that we've got some great partners that we work with, including the Wisconsin Department of Transportation, and they want to remind everybody out there to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes, join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. And of course, a, a good reminder, last night on Tuesday with all those cancellations and the, the ice storm and, and snow that we got, that uh, we want everyone to arrive safely to their postseason games and uh, get home safely as well. So again, make sure that, you, uh, that you're that you taking part in that, uh, that pledge. Buckle up, phone down, drive safely, be aware of weather conditions. Uh, let's get everybody home safely. Uh, Norb, let's turn our attention, though, to Division 4, excuse me, where, again, last year, uh, with things being shuffled around and changed, uh, Aquinas, who had you know been a favorite in Division 4, uh, the last number of years got moved up to D3. So it was Michicot over Mineral Point in the state championship game in Division 4. That one was held at the Lacrosse Center. Uh, this year, Mineral Point has been ranked number one much, if not uh, the majority of the season. Aquinas is still in the mix, but um, what are we looking at in Division 4 with unbeaten Mineral Point kind of leading the way most of the year? Yeah, Merrill Point, you know, they're they're unbeaten. One of the four unbeaten teams heading into the postseason. Um, yeah, I do question a bit of that that schedule again, as I did, uh, as we talked about with Reedsburg, maybe uh, another one or two teams I, I feel like they could have played to help prepare them because, you know, they're going to have to go against uh, most likely Aquinas in a, in a sectional semifinal. And Aquinas plays, uh, you know, much better teams throughout the year. And that, that one's going to be one heck of a battle between those two teams. So that, that one's going to be very interesting when you're talking about that. And and just as far as, you know, the top teams there, Milwaukee School, excuse me, Milwaukee Academy of Science, um, you know, a team that had just a couple losses. They beat uh, Sun Prairie by, I believe it was close to 20 points um, in December. And, you know, they're, they're a battle-tested team, independent school, so they can kind of go out and play who they want. But let's uh, go in and talk about some of the favorites in the sectionals as well. Uh, in sectional one, um, you know, I think this one's fairly wide open. I did have a Osseo Fairchild who started the year. Uh, gosh, they probably won their first 18 games or so. Um, but they recently suffered a, a big loss to Nielsville, who was a number two seed there. And that maybe uh, changes my opinion a bit on on that sectional. I did have, as mentioned, have Osseo Fairchild getting through there. But, you know, I might be leaning a little bit more toward Nielsville now with, with that big win over Osseo Fairchild. And then, you know, you have teams like Phillips who – just have two losses, um, you know, a battle-tested uh, Ladysmith team who plays uh, teams from Division Three. That'll help them out a little bit when we're talking about the postseason. And and Colfax, they're another team that's, you know, we've heard about them in the past, and, you know, they're a strong club as well that can make a run. Heading over to uh, sectional number two, um, this one uh, has a, a Westfield team that reached the state tournament in Division Three last year. They just have one loss this season. 
another one seed there is St. Mary Catholic. Um, I, I do have St. Mary Catholic getting through this sectional. Um, I uh, feel like the Big East has has a few more challenging games when you're talking about playing teams like Michigan, uh, Sheboygan Lutheran, who's a good team in Division Five. They play Oostburg. Um, so I think just the the challenge of their schedule has helped them um, get prepared for the postseason. And they're riding a 22-game winning streak heading into the tournament. So let's see if they can keep that streak alive. In sectional three, this is the one that has Mineral Point and Aquinas. Uh, Broadhead got a, a one seed as well, and they're, they're playing some really good basketball this season. They did uh, uh, suffer a couple losses, one of which was to uh, Mineral Point, uh, the other to Belleville, who was another one of the other uh, two seeds, but it really comes down to Aquinas, I believe, and Mineral Point in that in that sectional semi, if those two teams uh, are able to make it there. And uh, that, that one should be one heck of a contest and uh, exciting, uh, no matter which side you're, you're looking at, or just if you're a fan of basketball, it's just unfortunate that they have to play uh, so early in the tournament, because I, you know, those are teams that I'd love to see play at the state tournament. And uh, I have to, I have to think, I have to think Mineral Point versus Aquinas is one of the best games that we could see in the entire postseason prior to state tournament. That's That's got to be up there from any division as far as best non-state tournament games. Yeah, definitely. I'd say it's definitely the top one in Division 4, no doubt. Um, it, it's it's better than any Division 5 game. Um, you know, and there's definitely a top two or three Overall, I think that Appleton East Hortonville potential matchup, although, you know, Hortonville did uh, have a pretty good handle on Appleton East through the first two games. But, you know, I'd probably say yes, a uh, good chance of this team, whoever wins that contest, at least finishes as the, the state runner up in Division Four. You know, so uh, when you're talking about that, it means that that game's huge. All right, before I uh, so rudely interrupted you, I think you were going to wrap up with sectional four in Division Four, where the one seeds are Laconia and then Milwaukee Academy of Science. Yeah, and I just think Milwaukee Academy of Science, given the strength of their schedule, you know, the quality of players they have in that team, led by Nakia Hurst, who's headed to North Dakota, um, you know, just uh, it's going to be tough for some of these other teams to compete against them. I think as long as they stay out of foul trouble, as you know, you know, in the tournament, some of the teams maybe not that deep. So as long as they stay out of foul trouble, not only I, I think that they can get through sectional four, but, you know, I think they can take home the gold ball in division four. So it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, if they can not only get through that sectional, but, you know, see, you know, a potential meeting against Aquinas or, or Mineral Point at the state tournament. All right. Well, let's wrap up with division five, a division that, you know, We've seen Blackhawk dominate for many years. They they are ranked in the top 10 towards the bottom of the uh, most recent coaches poll that came out, but a little bit of a, maybe a changing of the guard. You've got Randolph up there at the top for, for much of the year, Blair Taylor, uh, Northwood. I mean, it, there's some different teams in what we've seen in the past, although, you know, Bangor is still there, Assumption, uh, again, Blackhawk ranked 10th, but uh, not necessarily the same teams that we've always seen in Division 5. No, and that makes it exciting for the tournament because, you know, it's always nice when there's a little bit more depth and, um, you know, the ability for other teams to maybe get to the state tournament. Uh, you know, there's still some strengths there, you know, when you're talking about, you know, McDonald Central team that maybe has a couple losses, but, um, you know, they've been challenged a little bit more than a Northwood team that's undefeated heading in, into the uh, the playoffs. But uh, I think there's a lot more depth 
depth and parity in, uh, in Division Five, which should make the tournament a lot better. And it's interesting, uh, Division Five last year was interesting, where you had both of the top-seeded teams by the coaches in that, that Final Four at the state tournament oh, losing, uh, where number four... Three Lakes beat Blackhawk in a, a huge upset in the semifinals, and then Assumption beat McDonald Central uh, three over a two, and then it was Assumption the three beating uh, Three Lakes the four in the state championship game. So again, we're looking forward to uh, to checking out Division Five and some new teams possibly kind of rising to the top. Any, anything else to uh, to mention? I don't know if you had anything else to add in terms of Division Five, Norb. Yeah, I kind of mentioned that that section one, so I would just give a little run through since we did it in the other divisions. Assumption, uh, they moved division or sectionals this year, which you know made made the road to get to state you know much easier to be honest for them. Um, they're twenty, uh, you know they they just had three losses this season. They've played some pretty good teams. Merriwood South's always a good league uh, when you're talking about you know competitiveness. Uh, Edgar's in there, and Edgar can make a run in that uh, sectional as well. I do think Assumption. Uh, you know, I got to see them play live and, you know, that the depth that they have and that uh, that defensive pressure that, that they bring, as long as they, you know, even if they get in a little bit of foul trouble with the depth, they might be okay. But, you know, it's 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 tough for teams, as many players as uh, Sumption can throw at you. Uh, they're going to be a tough out in that sectional. And in sectional three, uh, you know, we talked, you mentioned Bangor, who seems to be always either at the state tournament or near the state tournament the last number of years. Um, they're, you know, I think they're, they got to be the favorite in that sectional. They do have a couple losses, but, you know, those are two larger schools. And, you know, that helps, again, prepare you for the postseason. Other teams that, that could, you know, make a run there, you know, Blair Taylor, um, you know, they've been ranked very high all season, but they, uh, Bangor beat them pretty good when they met in the, in the regular season. So that makes uh, maybe a, a bit more challenging. But, uh, you know, some, some of those games, sometimes you just get, get out of hand and, you know, you meet a team another time and, a little bit closer, but also um, some of those Six Rivers West teams, Belmont, Highland. Highland made a big run last year. And, you know, maybe uh, give a mention to uh, Ridge and Valley. Uh, you know, Kickapoo's had a good year. Wazika Steuben uh, playing some good basketball. So uh, we'll see if uh, maybe somebody can upset Bangor in the process this season. And um, finishing off with sectional number four, uh, you mentioned uh, Randolph unbeaten this year. They've been ranked number one all season long. Um, I had them number one in the preseason rankings. Uh, they've had uh, a pretty good schedule to go along with uh, their Trailways Conference. You know, they beat uh, uh, Lake Mills, uh, Laconia. Um, they also had a big win over New Berlin West, who had been ranked early in the year in Division Two. So I do think they're the clear favorite. And I know that's you know, being undefeated, you think, well, obviously you're a clear favorite, but, you know, there's there's other teams in that sectional that, you know, could easily, um, you know, in the right night, knock Randolph off. Uh, Albany's playing really good basketball this year. They started off the season a little slow, but again, they played tough schedule, which led to some of those losses. And uh, Sheboygan Lutheran, who who played uh, in the Big East, and, uh, you know, you, you play a challenging schedule in that conference, and, you know, they could eat. Uh, Randolph in the regional final, and you know it's their guard play. Uh, Sheboygan Lutheran's guard play is really good, led by freshman Eddie Verhagen. And you know it, if she can put up an, a, a big number of points, I think they have a chance to to knock off that Randolph team. But but Randolph's, you know, the length that they have, uh, led by Jory Bewalda, I think they're still going to be a tough out, and they're still the favorite in Division Five. 
All right, there you go. Nor ran through his favorites, his picks in each of the divisions. And again, if you want to find out more in-depth on who Norbert picks, you can check out uh, who he has winning the state championship in each division. And you can check out a full breakdown, detailed breakdown, including the top players in each sectional, the top potential games in each sectional, all kinds of good stuff on Wisports.net in his tournament breakdowns. We will also have, coming out uh, Thursday, we will have our staff and media partner picks where the rest of us will throw our, our hats in the ring and put on our, our projection uh, hats and try to, uh, to to pick our teams that we think will win state championships. I, I don't know, Norm, did, did you tally it up last year? Did anybody really stand out? Did anybody win our, uh, our staff picks last year? Did we, maybe we, did we not even do them last year? I can't even remember. You know, I don't think we had a staff picks because I think that might have been when you were out and uh, just not enough time for me to get that all set up. All right. Well, historically, if you really want to, you can dig through our archives and check out our past season staff picks, see how everybody did. Always in good fun and, and got some get some of our uh, great media partners involved as well. Um, Norb, what else? What else we got to wrap up? What else we got to mention here as we head into the uh, the busy playoff time with the state tournament just a, a few weeks away what else are we looking at here in girls basketball the rest of the way you know it's it maybe just keeping an eye on all those unbeaten teams you know as i mentioned when we were talking about reedsburg unbeaten teams have uh not done all so well at the state tournament so uh um you're you're kind of looking for them to you know show that well we're unbeaten and we're also going to get this this gold ball um, you know, when you're talking about Reedsburg, Mineral Point, Randolph, Northwood, those are the unbeaten teams heading in the postseason. And, you know, those those early matchups, you know, Madison LaFollette potentially playing Arrowhead in a regional final, Randolph playing uh, potentially Sheboygan Lutheran in a regional final, that uh, that sectional semi Aquinas uh, potentially versus Mineral Point. So there's so many good games and so many good players to watch throughout the postseason. If you're not able to get to a game, make sure you get to get a live stream set up because, you know, there's a lot of good players, a lot of good talent, and it's going to be a very exciting postseason. We should mention the the WIA Girls Basketball State Tournament set for Thursday through Saturday, March 10th through the 12th at the Rush Center in Green Bay or technically Ashwaubenon, maybe, I don't know. Either way, uh, it's across from Lambeau Field. Um, the participants, of course, will be set in the, the coming weeks. A reminder that the coaches will seed the four teams that make it to state in each division. Uh, we'll be, be back to a regular schedule. It won't be like it was last year where each division was a separate day. Uh, it'll be our, our traditional schedule, championship Saturday, um, beginning in the morning with uh, with Division 5, going through the, the rest of the games uh, we'll have the three-point challenge. We'll be back this year as well. Looking forward to uh, to that. Um, and of course, you can check out Norb's work all postseason, all the rest of the season on Wisports.net. His picks, his analysis. Uh, we also, speaking of players, uh, there's also going to be a lot of awards that will be coming out in the next few weeks. Uh, we will have our uh, finalist for the WSN Senior Awards that will be announced coming up. We will have the winners announced as well. Uh, that's the week of the state tournament, right, for, for winners? Yeah, that's when we have done it in the past, yeah. yes. Um, the week after the state tournament, the WBCA will announce its all-state teams. Um, usually on the uh, the championship Saturday will be the announcement for Miss Basketball as well. So a lot of uh, awards coming up as we move into the end of the 
uh, end of the season, end of the uh, tournament run. So as Norb said, get out and check out a game. We always encourage that. And if you do, we want to make sure that you're safe and that you're getting to the games safely and getting home safely. And uh, our partners at the Wisconsin Department of Transportation want to remind you to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, that'll do it for this special preview girls basketball playoff preview edition of the WSN podcast. Great insight from Norbert Durst. Our girls basketball writer, I am Travis Wilson. This has been a WSN podcast. We'll see you at a game.